Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Oh, it sounds like a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 261. I actually still have 260 in the show notes. I, I was apparently sleepy or something, uh, or, or, <laughs> or, or tipsy when I wrote the show notes. Perhaps, uh, perhaps the latter. Uh, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we will be talking about beer can problems and that little old whiskey from Texas, which we'll, uh, which we'll get to in, in a moment. Uh, but welcome to the program. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar aficionados and just people who like cigars. Uh, available, That's me. Yeah, available now on the web at MyCigarShirts.com. Go there and buy cool gifts for the holidays. It's uh, Everybody loves a good cigar shirt for the holidays. I do. Think how happy they'll be when they unwrap that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, sir. Um, so <clears throat> we had a last-minute change-up in the show today. Our um, our scheduled guest, Tyler Wang from Beam Suntory, is not feeling well. Um, but he's uh, you know, here's what he did. He actually called me this morning and said, you know what? I'm really not feeling well, and I don't think I should come into the show. I don't want to, you know, uh, make you guys catch anything. And I was like, well, you know, that that no problem. We'll reschedule. It's not a big deal. I mean, thank you. We were looking forward to it, and mm-hmm. we'll look forward to having you on when we can. But the point is that he actually, because he was unable to make it, he actually phoned, or you could also text or email and said, hey— I'm not going to be able to make it, giving me time to go, okay, I need to make sure we can get mm-hmm. a spirit, because he was going to bring spirits in, uh, get a spirit for the show. This is exemplary behavior. This is how people in the real business world do things. Unlike certain other people who will get booked <laughs> twice and and just be a no-show. And I'm, you know, I'm not... I'm not going to say who it is, but it's spelled Yellow Rose, and uh, they make some nice whiskey, but I don't buy it anymore. And we, they're not welcome on the show anymore because they stiffed us twice. Once, I get it. Something happened. So sorry. Things do happen. Twice? No. No. Doesn't work. But Tyler from Beam Suntory is, uh, is going to continue to be a great friend of the show, and he will be back. We're going to look forward to that when he gets back. I'm not bitter or anything. No, you, yeah. you you never hang on to a grudge. At <laughs> I'm all. not a grudge holder. No, sir. <laughs> what is that? Uh, I mean, that was like 150 episodes ago. Yeah, no, well, 150 and 140 uh, is what it <laughs> was. Yeah, because we rebooked them and they they were a no show on the second time. So that's just not how you do things, folks. I mean, I, I you know, but uh, but Tyler, a good dude, we'll uh, we'll have him on uh, here probably. Beam Tory may wind up being after the first of the year because we got a lot going on for the rest of the year. Which we will talk about. Do want to say thanks to our last guest. Now, we weren't on last week because of Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. but our last guest the week before was Tom Painter from No Label, who's, you know, quickly becoming one of our favorite guys to have on the show. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. And I was out of town. But you had a chance to go and uh, and hang with him a little I did, bit and I enjoy did. enjoy a little festivity. Oh, I'm going to talk all about that. That okay, was a good. lot of fun. I hadn't uh, been to No Label Brewery before. Ooh. They're in Katy. I'll give you a whole rundown from. That's what about a half an hour from where 45 you were. Forty-five minutes, minutes from yeah. my house. So not yeah. bad. Not bad. Well, we have uh, good things to talk about and good things to taste today from Trace Brewing in collaboration with two locals brewing. One's from Pittsburgh. One's from Philadelphia. Uh, they've done something called Local Traces, which makes sense. 
combining right, the right. two. Uh, it's a uh, double dry hopped pale lager, and we'll be trying that today. Um, I discovered something while I was out. I was in uh, Rockport for Thanksgiving oh. uh, week down on the Texas coast and uh, was able to snag uh, a couple of beers from a brewery I was not familiar with out of Corpus Christi called Lorelei Brewing Company. I don't think I've heard of that. And we'll be trying their Ephira. Ephira double uh, IPA today. So that will be a lot of fun. And then I know you're familiar with these guys out of San Francisco, California. They were the innovators of the craft beer scene. They oh, were, that has to be anchored. Yeah, they were craft before craft was a thing. Yes, they and, were craft uh, before craft was not only, even cool. Not only do they do that awesome anchor steam and several other great beers that we've tried from them, but every year they release a Merry Christmas beer. Yes. And uh, this year's is here. It's their Merry Christmas Special Ale 2021. And I'm so excited to taste it because it's always so good. Unlike some of my favorite Christmas ales, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying our 11 Below crushes Mm -hmm. it on the Christmas ales. By the way, I tried the 11 Below uh, Bach that they just put out. It's fantastic. Awesome. They're crushing it right now, and those guys are killing it. Um, But uh, uh, unlike all those other uh, Christmas ales, Anchors is different every year. Right. They change it's it every a, it's year. It's not the same Christmas sale every year, which is nice because, you know, I wait around every year for St. Arnold to put theirs out, and now I wait around for 11 Below to put theirs out. And, um, and, uh, uh, those are going to be the those same. Are, those yeah, those are always the, the same thing. But, um, but, uh, uh, the anchor one is anchor. Yes, I'm blanking out. Where's my brain <laughs> okay. today? The anchor one is different every year, so it's, so it's kind of fun because you get that you know it's going to be good because mm-hmm. it's anchor. And it's always good, but you get to try something a little new. And, a and little I different. have had years that I've liked better than others. Yes, yes. But uh, but so that's why I'm so excited to try uh, this year's and see see how it stacks up because, like you said, always good, but uh, but always a, a little bit different. So that'll be the, so that'll be something. Uh, and of course, we'll be trying a, a spirit as well. And I was able to stop and grab something since we knew because of his you know advanced warning that Tyler wasn't going to be able to be here uh, I was able to stop and grab a bottle of the Tres Hombres from Balcones Distilling it's the new ZZ Top whiskey now ZZ Top couple things here ZZ Top pretty class outfit oh yeah that little old band from texas um, but there's it's kind of interesting because right as the whiskey was released Tres Hombres ZZ Top became Dos Hombres because Dusty Hill yeah, passed away. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of a uh, you know kind of a down note there. But they are continuing on as a band. Apparently, the guitar tech had filled in for Dusty on bass a few times uh, during uh, previous tours and had just you know been exceptionally good. And so they are not going to miss a beat. I I read a a quote from Billy Gibbons where he said that. This is Dusty actually told him on his deathbed, do not stop playing. Do that doesn't surprise touring. me. Yeah. Those guys, uh, there's a great documentary out. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. That little uh, band from yeah, Texas. Yeah, the little yeah. band from Texas. And it's great, and the perspective on it is great. I love how uh, uh, the media kept calling them that little old band from Texas in almost kind of a snarky kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And they just embraced it. We're that yeah. little old band yeah. from Texas. <laughs> they just and they just embraced it, it and started yeah. using it. Yeah, it's yeah. So, so great. Now, Billy Gibbons, this is not his first foray into the spirit world. Not the spirit world, but the <laughs> not, world, not of, that spirit world. world of spirits. Uh, because he's actually a part owner of Pura Vida Tequila. 
He has a, a oh, yeah, stake yeah. in that company, and uh, and he's done, you know, a few, uh, you know, a few promotions and things for them, and uh, and he, uh, in fact, I, I have a recipe somewhere for uh, one of Billy's. It, it's a pretty pretty good tequila drink. It's tequila, put a bit of tequila, uh-huh. Topo Chico. And a slice of jalapeno. Oh, I remember that. Really we talked good. about that. I think that it's called the Gibbons. Time. Right, the last time yeah. we had uh, <coughs> but, a Pervy on the show, I remember that. But uh, credit to them, when they decided to get in the whiskey business, they joined forces with Balconies. So, and Balconies this is, one of, you is know how, just you know exceptional. How whenever you're looking at a, a celebrity whiskey or a celebrity spirit of some mm-hmm. sort, uh, it can be a little questionable. Sure. Uh, you uh, immediately go, but oh, they're just For instance, in. some bands do it right. Like Metallica... Uh, linked up with Dave Pickerel to right. do their blackened whiskey, and he's the guy that put that whole thing and together, and it's wonderful. When you got Dave Pickerel making a whiskey for you, it's going to be hard to make it bad. Yeah, like you would uh, have to have to actually engineer it. He knew what he to was be bad. doing. And so, uh, along the same lines, um, ZZ Top went with Balconies. Yeah, and I don't. They don't make a bad whiskey. There's no, they don't. Whiskey is fantastic. I, I've never had anything from them that wasn't just no, exceptional. No. And so. Texas whiskey people, if you uh, if you're ever traveling through Texas, Texas, uh, pick up some whiskey because Texas whiskey is becoming its own thing. It really is, and it's a good thing. Yes, it's becoming. It really is. And we talked about that when we had. Uh, uh, our friend from Old Humble Distillery. Right, you right. Know? That, we, whole, that, that that very specific mineral water right. kind of flavor that and you get it, from Texas whiskey. It's and, working. And how, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's working. In fact, I just finished off a bottle of Garrison Brothers uh, this oh, yeah. week, and I was like, oh, I was a, a little sad. You know, my wife is thrilled because I'm help, I'm I'm on a project clear, to clean out the, the bar. Yeah, <laughs> I have a few bottles. Like once yeah. they get down to about uh, a third or a quarter, that's when I go okay. Even if it's something that I'm really saving, I'm like I just got to start working it. You know, I was a little sad though to drop that empty in the. Although, trash. although when you have a few like very very small fill bottles, yeah, and you go, man, I knocked out like killed like. Four bottles tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds like you did a lot more than you did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, as our uh, good friend Liliana will tell us, that uh, you know that that isn't going to stay good forever in the bottom of that bottle if there's so that much air in it. So well, you do have to go through and clean out every once. There's in a while. that. I think whiskey's a little more um, forgiving on that. You can keep Perhaps, whiskey yeah. around for a while. Well, the Garrison Brothers sure was good. I've I'll had tell some you open that. bottles that I've kept for years that still taste great. No kidding. So. Well, that's good. Well, we'll have some whiskey today from uh, our friends in ZZ Top. We'll also be uh, telling you about some new cigars to watch for. Um, there are issues with cans for craft brewers. There's a can problem, and you know, I'm I'm sort of hoping this. This problem will have a silver lining, which will be it'll encourage them to bottle more beers because, as you know, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of, the of the bottle. No, yeah. I'm a fan yeah. of the can. I know. It's, it's a place where we differ. But in any case, we'll tell you about what's going on and how um, the sort of initial report is that it's going to make craft beer more expensive. So that's not a good Uh-oh. thing. Uh-oh. Yeah, especially craft. It will not affect the mega brews in, in nearly the same way that it'll affect craft. And we'll explain but mega why. brews also have to worry about their perceived... Uh, what do they call it? They have, there's a name for it. Their perceived value. Yeah. Like if they put their if their beers sell for too cheap, then their perceived value is too yeah. small, and therefore if, people think it's cheap beer. Yeah. If a six pack of Bud Light is uh, is four ninety nine, and a really good craft beer is fourteen, 
you know, then it's kind of like, ah, okay. What are you getting? Yeah, what, 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 what are you getting? Exactly. Do I want this race beer? Do I want this El Cheapo? <laughs> 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 or do I want something really good? So, anyway, we'll tell you all about that. Uh, a friend of the show has been promoted. We'll tell you about that uh, into a really serious role. And uh, we'll also bring you a little something. Oh, oh and Brewbound, uh, the uh, magazine and website, has declared their winners their 2021 craft beer champions. And so ah. we'll tell you about that. And, uh, of course, we wouldn't leave you high and dry without a little drinking news. Our drinking news teaser headline for today. Grab that ukulele, my friend. A different kind of support animal. Oh, that was good. I like that. <laughs> you went different on me. I like that. Uh, yeah, different kind of support animal. We'll tell you about that. Different on, kind of support on, animal. Uh, uh, on um, uh, Drinking News. And should we stock up for Christmas? Whiskey prices may be going up in the spring, so you may want to... You may want to give yourself the gift of whiskey for Christmas, and all you can still buy it yeah, cheaper. Get it while you can. Yeah, that's right. So I know what I'm getting you. Um, so all of that coming up, it's going to be, uh, I think, a fun show. Even though we will not have Tyler with us, but he will he will return. And then uh, and then next week I will be out, but you're going to be uh, hosting with a guest host, and I guess I you'll, will. you'll tell us about that when you're ready. I but, will. Uh, uh, but uh, how about how about cigar, Ian? Did you smoke anything interesting? This I week? did. I went by. Um I went by Casa de Monte Cristo this morning, chatted with Steve a little bit. I had a feeling you did because I was I tried calling you to tell you about Tyler not being able to come in, <laughs> no and, and it rang the voicemail, and I was like, oh, he's in the cell phone uh, uh, black hole. For, for those of you <laughs> out there who don't frequent cigar shops and uh, and places like that, for whatever reason, it's something built into, like, I don't know if it's in the in the construction contract or whatever it is, but every cigar shop is a, an absolute black hole. For, for self reception, yeah, yeah oh, there's absolutely. Like no reception. I wonder if maybe it's the smoke. Is, is the self? <laughs> does the cell signal just not make it through the smoke? I don't know. That could be it. You know. But yeah, but, I didn't uh, even anyway. know you tried to call. I had nothing. Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I tried to call, didn't get you. I was like, well, I'll take. And you. I was doing my review, so I had my phone in hand the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. So I, I ended up picking up. Just I, I, I wandered around a little bit, and I didn't see a whole lot of really new stuff that I had to have. Um, uh, Steve was telling, I can't remember exactly which cigar it was, but he was telling me about a brand new cigar that, you know, I should totally try at 40 something dollars no, per stick. Okay, of course you should. <laughs> of course you should. Hey, Steve's, Steve's got to eat. You know, he's got to pay the rent. And, you know, I have to say I'm curious, but I'm not $40 curious today. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe after Christmas. <laughs> so I wandered around a bit and uh, and I thought, you know, let's, let's look at some classic brands that I don't always smoke cigars from and just try something that I haven't I, actually tried. I actually enjoy doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun. So I went over a few different. But I, I ended up picking up a Ashton Heritage Pro Soul. Oh, I have had that. Cigar. Have you had this? Cigar? I have. I'm really curious to uh, see what you thought. This was of the it. Bellicoso number two. This is a 4.875, very specific <laughs> yes. size rate, by 49. Okay, That's so it's not unusual. a big cigar. Right, right, with a torpedo and uh, the wrapper. These are all sun-grown, like mm -hmm. sun-grown wrapper uh, uh, is a uh, Ecuador Habano wrapper and sun-grown Dominican uh, binder and filler. So this is a Sun-grown puro. That's why they call it puro, puro sol. Sol, right? yes. Mm -hmm. Not so, sol, S-O-U-L, but S-O-L. That's right. That's an interesting idea because uh, like most of the time when they do a sun-grown cigar, it's a sun-grown wrapper. And Ashton VSG, the Virgin Sun-Grown, is a sun-grown wrapper, and that is an 
outstanding it really is cigar. Like better in, in many, many ways. Yeah, yes. it's expensive though. It's, yeah, you know, so what? If fourteen dollars or mm-hmm. or uh, so for a cigar, and uh, those are fantastic. But I figured I'd try this. This uh, the appearance on this was uh, it's kind of a ruddy reddish brown wrapper. Um, Single Ashton Heritage Band. They got a real classy band. Ashton does a mm, nice yes, job with that. Yeah, uh, uh, leathery and oily kind of uh, looking um, uh, wrapper to it. Medium firmness overall. Nice looking cigar. You pick it up, it feels pretty solid. You know, feels good. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this earthy, sweet caramel, chocolate, coffee, and leather. Pretty complex, just on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pre-light drawness. I I got in there and I realized I forgot to bring. A cutter. I forgot to bring a lighter. Like, I knew my pocket felt a little empty. I didn't know what it was. But anyway, so I walked up to the counter, and I used their V-cutter. V-cutter on a torpedo, which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah, I've done that before, but it, it's fun. Their V-cutter, you get to use the handle. Yeah, it's yeah, like, the, it's the, you stick the end of the cigar in a ka-chunk. So it's, it's like a lottery machine almost. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but there's a cigar in your hand. Uh, so, uh, so you win. Yes. So I used the V-cut on it. There's an effortless draw, sweet cappuccino flavors, mocha, cedar, leather going on, uh, picking up off it. Uh, The initial light, intense spices Mm. with a little bit of white pepper, uh, wood, the retrohale on the initial light, cedar and spices. Nice. Uh, There's an underlying sweetness going on the whole time, too. The uh, first third of the cigar... Big cedar and mocha flavors up front, followed by leather and sweet spices. Medium strength right out of the box. Uh, And it stayed medium. I'll just go ahead and give this one away. It stayed medium the entire way. Dead center medium, if you ask me. Uh, Ashton can be very consistent as a a cigar company. Yes, yes. Really, you know? Um, The retrohale cedar and mocha, solid ash, great burn. There was a slight unevenness to the burn on the very first third of this, but that also could have been due to the fact that I had to use two matches to to light it, and and, and I got it lit a little uneven at the very beginning. I've done that, yeah. Uh, And that's, that's, you know, my fault. Um, The the second third of this, uh, cedar and mocha flavors remain up front, supported by tangy leather and sweet spices. Coffee flavors thread throughout with a touch of caramel. The the caramel is kind of this, this toasty caramel... Like real dark uh, caramel kind of flavors, like really, a, really almost good. like a creme brulee. Yeah, sort of yeah, vibe yeah, like to like, it. like yeah. a burnt caramel kind of yeah. thing. It's really nice. Uh, the retro is particularly pleasant with the toasty sweetness and cedar, solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. The burn leveled itself out and stayed perfect the entire rest of the cigar. That's it was awesome. absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. The last third of the cigar spices intensify, and these were kind of sweet spices. So when I say spices, they were a little bit. Spicy peppery up front, but now there's sweet spices going on, almost like uh, like baking spices, like uh, like like gingerbread cookie kind of baking spices, you know those kind of things. Um, cedar remains prominent. Mocha flavors feel sweeter and bigger at this point in time. The the, the tangy leather notes interplay with coffee and pepper to create a real pl- palate pleasing, earthy background. I really should have thought about my uh, alliterations when I apparently can't speak today <laughs> it's all right man i just need to pick a day when my brain's actually firing like i like to say we haven't had the whiskey yet so <laughs> <laughs> that, that may help and it, it may not <laughs> a palate pleasing earthy background uh the uh retro hail at the very end of the cigar was uh toasty and sweet solid ash perfect burn this cigar is a kind of a small cigar for mm-hmm. almost eleven dollars ten dollars and 65 cents is what i paid for that's this. a lot and what's funny is when cigar. i looked at my when i looked at my uh receipt i bought that cigar and I bought three of the Bienaventuras. And it was more expensive than no, the three? No, <laughs> they cost exactly the same. Oh. You're... Three Bienaventuras was ten sixty five, 
and the one Ashton was 1065. <laughs> uh, so that that was just kind of a funny uh, anomaly on my uh, yeah. on my so, receipt. So it raises the question though: when you're giving this your price to quality uh, score, is it better than having smoked three Bienaventuras? Well, yeah. So there's there's that thought in mind. This cigar was fantastic, though. I absolutely enjoyed it. It's a small cigar. It lasted 45 minutes, like almost to the dot. Um, and everything about this cigar was quality. I really, really enjoyed the flavors a lot. Uh, I wish I had a coffee to go with it. It would have been amazing with a coffee, especially I think, uh, or even some kind of like a dessert, uh, like dark chocolate dessert kind of thing. Right. Or, right. right. Uh, that would have been really nice. Um, maybe I'm just hungry. You may be. But it anyway, uh, so even at a small cigar, and this is a, what did I say? It was a, a it's not even five inches long, yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's a 49 ring gauge, so it's not very big. And I gave it a five, Okay. even at that size. Uh, and at that for price? For almost $11 and at that price, I gave it a five. You get exactly what you pay for. You're getting that super high quality uh, Ashton. Mm -hmm. You're getting the, the, the attention to construction. Everything about this cigar was great. So even though at that size it's eleven dollars almost, I, you, you're definitely getting your eleven dollars out of it. I love when that 100%. happens. One hundred percent. Love when that happens. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the cigar I smoked this week in uh, in the next segment. But I did want to mention something as a kind of a way to uh, perhaps offer a little bit of restitution. Um, I have on a number of occasions, and I believe you have as well, kind of trashed Gurkha on this show. Yes, because they, they they went through a period of such like construction poor construction issues, quality. So bad. I even remember I did it reviewed one that I smoked one time, and it looked uh, it looked like it was a, a gag gift, an exploding cigar. Yes. it was. That's how much it came apart. So I didn't I didn't choose this one to review this week. Because I, I just didn't, I, I didn't want to trash Gurkha again. You know, I felt like we'd been so a little mean to him. So you didn't choose the Gar, but the Gar chose you. Yeah, that's right. So this week I pulled out one that's been sitting in my humidor forever, a Gurkha Assassin, and uh, wound up smoking it. Ian, it was terrific. It burned great. It had wonderful flavors. So I may be back on the Gurkha train, as it were, uh, because I had a really great Gurkha experience. So this is not your this is not your review. Right? No, no. I smoked this something just, else. Happened. Right, I wasn't taking any notes or 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 really, you know, I wasn't in that sort of analytical frame of mind when I was smoking we it. Have but actually, I loved it. It was wonderful. We have actually made this statement a bunch of times on the show. Gurkha and their flavor profiles, never a problem. Well, it's always construction issues. The flavor profile was just as good as you're thinking, but it smoked like a dream. I mean, it was. I'm not going to say it was razor straight, but I never had to tend it. Not nice. once. And it, and it never developed any construction issues and it got me thinking i need to look back into some gurkhas again because i'll be honest i avoid them yeah I, I don't even look at them at the uh <laughs> shop anymore other yeah. than they have fun names like assassin right beast <laughs> right exactly yeah. but anyway so that's that's my one tip is that if it's been a while since you've tried gurkha it might be worth uh, checking nice. one out again so all right uh, what i did smoke however was a Kristoff, and i'll tell you about that when we come back and also we'll get into our beer uh, tasting with our first one which is a collaboration between two locals brewing and trace brewing they called it local traces and it's a uh, double dry hopped Pale Lager. We'll be trying that next on Smoking and Toasting. Awesome. You want to get it out so I can put it up here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just looking for that tree. That was a line from George of the Jungle, wasn't it? Watch out for that tree. 
Actually, it made me think of that. You remember that Saturday Night Live skit they had? It was just this random, it was Toonses the Driving Cat. Oh, I love Toonses, yes. <laughs> it was just so stupid. And always ended up driving off a cliff at the end. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our guest this week is Toonses the Driving Cat. Uh, that, that's good. And it was just so stupid because it was that, you know, that had the arms just, you know, yeah. like stick to the wheel. Well, you know, that. So that was one of those skits that was so incredibly stupid that it was funny. Right. And sometimes when people attempt to do that, they really miss <laughs> the mark. Really but fall. for whatever reason, that one just, yeah. it's like the Tiny Elvis skit. Yeah. Right. Like Tiny Elvis is hilarious. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Man, look at that microphone. That thing is huge. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's it just the stupider it gets, the uh, the better uh, the, be- well, the better. Nicolas it is. Nicolas Cage being Tiny Elvis is hilarious. Anyway, well, yeah, he's got that Elvis fetish anyway. So uh, it's really, but Nicolas Cage is one of those unintentionally hilarious people. You know, I don't think he tries to be funny. He just is. Yeah. You know, uh, and and sometimes to his own detriment, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I'm to the point now. There, there's two actors that I used to love that I that I'm starting to now. If I see if I'm going through Netflix or Hulu and they're on a movie, uh, I, I'm like, uh, no. And Nicolas Cage is yeah. one of them because there's so many bad. He is good in some movies. There's so many bad Nicolas. Cage yeah, movies. yeah. I, and and he, I don't. Is that a director thing? Is that what I don't it is? Know. Depends he, on who's directing just, him. Maybe it's his agent. Show. He's not getting good scripts. I don't know. Yeah. But in some of them, he's just so over the top. It's like it's, it's that horrible. Angel one that he did, oh. where he, like City of Angel or whatever it was. It was he's just a creepy. The angel lurking behind right. the person all the time. Yeah, sounding like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one for me, and I used to love this guy, Bruce Willis. Yeah. I have watched some amazing. I mean, the whole um, you know Die Hard thing. I mean, you know, he put so out an album good. too. Oh yeah, we won't talk about that. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I now when I see some movie that I've never heard the name of before on Hulu or Netflix, and it's got Bruce Willis's face on it, I'm like, next. No, no, yeah, I've, I've I've been burned too many times. Anyway, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, hand rolled cigars, and washed up actors. <laughs> washed and, up and we are uh, we are uh, feeling like we want to get washed a little bit ourselves here or or sloshed or whatever because we're about to try some beer before we do though i want to tell you about my uh, my cigar uh this week other than the gurkha which i mentioned earlier um i smoked a christoph sumatra robusto and i love that christoph's robusto size is more like what some cigar companies would call a Toro. This is a five and a half by 54 cigar. So I guess it still qualifies as a Robusto, but it's a yeah. big Robusto, and I love that. Uh, the Sumatra is a very rustic-looking cigar. It is uh, one with a, a bumpy and veiny Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, a pigtail cap, and a shaggy closed foot, as most Christoph cigars have. Uh, the binder is from Brazil, and the filler tobacco is a blend of Dominican and Nicaraguan, all grown from Cuban seed and assembled in the Dominican I mean, Republic. You, you had me at Christoph. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you, I'm a you, fan. Yeah, all right. So, um, very rich tobacco notes on the pre-light, along with a uh, sort of a dry baker's chocolate note and a little bit of uh, grassiness uh, on the uh, cold draw. I did not use a cutter or a punch. I twisted off the pigtail cap. Ah. Because sometimes when you do that, you almost ruin the head of the cigar, and then you have to go, you know, because it, it like pulls it and in a weird way. And then you just follow it with a clip so I anyway. Say, all right, how good a job did they do on the pigtail cap? 
perfect. It twisted right off, made just the right thing. It wasn't flaky, you know, leaves of tobacco going every which way. So I, I love that. It went uh, perfect, did exactly what it was supposed to do. The shaggy foot lit really easily, which is one of the yeah, nice things yeah. about that. And uh, then my old friend from Nicaragua. Mr. Pepar Blast came to visit me for just a moment. Uh, Peppy. Yeah, Peppy. Uh, once he excused himself, things uh, settled down a bit, and there were flavors of leather and cocoa that took center stage, along with a creamy note and a distinct sort of a floral taste on the tongue. I don't really know how to describe it, but it was it was it was nice. I, I really I really liked it. Uh, it made this cigar a little bit different than some of the others that I've smoked lately, especially Nicaraguan uh, uh, tobacco cigars, uh, but. It was still very spicy, even with that floral note. It, mm -hmm. it, this cigar had a distinct uh, spice to it. Uh, earth and white pepper stopped by in the second, third, and uh, the floral note that I mentioned uh, backed off a bit. The strength ticked up a little notch. It was about medium. It went to about medium full in the second, third. Um, that floral note was back, though, in its original prominence in the final third and was really noticeable on the finish and on the retrohale. Hmm. It, was just, it was just very pleasant and, and a little different from uh, some other cigars, this, uh, this floral note. I really, really kind of like it. Using such flowery language. I am. Uh, construction was surprisingly good given the very rugged look of the cigar. When I looked at it, I thought, okay, this is probably going to burn a little crooked. But, you know, Christoph's can look a little bit rustic. Yeah. And, and especially with the shaggy foot and the pigtail uh -huh. on it, they can look a little rustic. It, it burned like a champ. I mean, it got uneven a few times here and there, but uh, but no no touch up was needed, and um, so it also developed an ash that was almost two inches long. <laughs> nice. All right. So I was I was actually smoking this in the car. I was stopped. I had the top down, but I was stopped. I was smoking this in the car, and I thought I better get a picture of this uh, so that Adam can put it up. Uh, on the show before before this because this ash is pretty big and right as I reached for the camera of course the ash mistook me for Ian Barry and took a <laughs> dive toward my show I mean literally yeah. it, it was almost like my shirt was a magnet oh, and yeah. the uh, ash was steel uh, so anyway after stopping to clean myself off I uh, I got back to the business of smoking and uh, and it was it was still you know when I make the good. mistake of wearing a white shirt while I'm smoking a cigar oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I was wearing this sort of grayish uh, hoodie, and so it leaves a sort of a white spot, <laughs> and then I had to go wash that off. But uh, uh, anyway, overall, the cigar reminded me of a commercial from back when I was a kid. Uh, I don't remember what the commercial was for, uh, some kind of Italian food of some sort, but the catchphrase was, that's a one spicy meatball. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember uh, was that. It was Chef that a Chef Boyardee? I don't know ragu what that was for. Or... Ragu, yeah, something. That's a one spicy meatball, which I'm sure, by the way, you couldn't do now because someone would be offended that you were making a caricature of a particular group of people. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that's I'm sure why it's why it's gone. But I remember it from when I was a kid, and there were plenty of inappropriate commercials when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, that's that's only one example. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this was the one a spicy cigar. Uh, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed it, though. The Christoph Sumatra packed with flavor. It smoked well, and it left a wonderful combination of notes on the palate. It is definitely, I will say, not a cigar for beginners. Because it was, 
it was it was medium full, but it was it was so. Compl- I just think you want to be down the road a little bit and learning to uh, smoke cigars and identify the flavors and stuff a little bit maybe before you tackle one like this because it was it was very very complex but very very good um the sumatra is an eight to nine dollar stick although i did get this one for less than that in a christoph sampler packs i'll i'll use eight bucks as the as the watermark to yeah, uh, rate yeah. it and i give it a thumbs up i recommend it in a solid five um, and and just any of those of you who are not familiar with our price to quality scale, it's a scale of one to ten, but a five means you got exactly what you paid for, and that's kind of kind of how I felt at eight bucks. And since I think in the sampler pack, I think it wound up being more like six, uh, then I felt like I got a really good nice, deal at yeah. that price. I'd give it like a a, a six and a half. So. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the. Um Christophs come in at the uh, eight to eight to ten. They seem to be in the eight to ten dollar range. Uh, for the dollar most range, part, yeah. and they, and there's so many good ones in that range. Yeah, like, they really are. Uh, and, uh, have you had the uh, pissed off Christoph? I have. That's it's, so it's fun. Really good. That yes. is, however, a big cigar, like yes, big flavor wise. Yes, yes, it is. I think I think really most of their uh, cigars. There was another one in the pack that was a uh, a Maduro Lejero. And so it had a Maduro oh, yeah. wrapper and Lejero tobacco inside the, I uh, love the, the cigar, and they're, they're like, wow. The, yeah. uh, the LFG Triple Lejero oh. is an absolute go-to cigar for me. It's so ridiculously good. And, but it's, it's huge, though. It is strong. It, it is it's it's definitely yeah. a big flavor, so yeah. it's not your breakfast cigar. Yeah, definitely not. But um, <laughs> unlike this beer, this uh, pale lager dry hopped with, um, I have no idea how to say that, uh, some a bunch sort of, of German some sort of words. exotic hops. <laughs> Grungeist, Citra, and Azaga. There's a few other words in there that I'm just not even going to try. Brewed and packaged by Trace Brewing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Interesting. Yeah, and they did it in collaboration with local brewing. Ooh, uh, I got family coming down from Pittsburgh this uh, oh. holiday. I think I need to call, call, and have call bring, in bring a favor some about, some, uh, about some uh, Merry Monks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot of other information on here. Um, an official barrel and flow collaboration between Ooh. Trace Brewing and um, what did you say the other one was? Uh, local. Two, uh, two locals. Local, two locals, yeah, yeah, two yes. locals. So, yeah, local so, Traces, Double Dry so Hop, Pale Lager. I think lager. they did this for something special, for some sort of be- uh, beer collaboration event. The art on here is really, really nice. The, yeah. uh, it's got a, a hand that's split across the palm. Straight up, uh, going straight up into the air, and some kind of thing, uh, like a like a diamond lake thing coming out. of Very it. interested to see what you are going really to think cool. of this. I it's like a, the smell of it. Yeah, it's got a nice, nice uh, sort of beerish nose. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. You could tell it's a it's a little hoppier, but it's got a kind of a dark hop kind of flavor instead mm-hmm. of a bright hop kind of nose to it. And right. Then, it is, and then it you is, can smell the malt right off front. It is not a uh, a citrusy uh, hop vibe like a like a juicy or hazy. Oh, this is delicious. Uh, it's got instead this sort of mm. uh, hot like forward a, maltiness to it, and there's like almost a fruity pebble sweetness on the finish. Mm-hmm. Right. It it doesn't doesn't taste like orange juice or grapefruit juice like a lot of uh, of IPAs do, and maybe that's maybe that's a result of it being a lager. It could just be the hops that they use. I love this, but it's it's quite delicious and and really good cold. Um, All right, I got to call my brother Dave and have him bring. Did you get this locally, or did mm. you? Okay. No, I did not get that one locally. We're gonna refill that. The, the citrusy thing happens after a few sips. Yeah, I, I, but it really does have kind of a fruity pebble sweetness that I'm absolutely love on the end. Now, of fruity this. pebble sweetness doesn't necessarily sound like it would be a good thing. No, it's you're fantastic. saying it's a good thing. 
No, you know, like 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 when you drink your milk after a bowl of fruity pebbles, it has mm-hmm. fruity pebble sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> like who doesn't like that? But, but it's not Flintstone vitamins. Uh, no, it's not Flintstone no. vitamins. Okay. Okay, That's gotcha. different. Yeah, I've uh, used that before, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, you have. And, 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 uh, and it recalls a very distinct flavor, too. It very much does, because fr- Flintstone vitamins have a very distinct thing going on. They do. And Fruity Pebbles kind of do, too. Like, you can't say that Fruity Pebbles taste like any kind of fruit. They just taste fruity. See, and I was... Between, <laughs> Generically fruity. But see, between Fruity Pebbles and, and, like, Count Chocula, I always went with the chocolate one. But see, when I say Fruity Pebbles, too, I also want to point out that one of the things I'm talking about is this has kind of a cereal vibe to it overall the beers can have kind mm-hmm. of that bready or cereal kind of flavor to it and this has that and then it has like a little fruity sweetness so it's, it's first, just first thing that comes to your mind best sugary ridiculous breakfast cereal count chocula oh you would go count chocula really I, I would I would be inclined to go there, but I think I think my I mean because you get chocolate milk at the end of it. What my brain says first though is Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Uh, Captain Crunch is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and you throw in those Crunch Berries. Oh my God, that was I like... do have to point out my wife. Uh, she uh, she eats cereal in the mornings from time to time, and and she'll try the most ridiculous ones. She came home with something from like Post Cereal Company or whatever, and it was just called um, Churros cereal. Churros. <laughs> And if you're not familiar with what churros are, they're a little uh, like kind of a Mexican uh, dessert pastry. Yeah, it's like pastry. a long pastry dessert right. covered it's in cinnamon and, and cinnamon and, and, and sugar. sugar. Right? That well, these were that, yeah. except for there <laughs> were little tiny cereal. pieces. <laughs> and there were a few times where I was sitting at the table, working on my computer, thinking, "Man, I need a snack." I probably ate half that box just oh. as like a snack bowl with no milk in it. I just like to know why, when you grow up. You're expected to go from churros and Captain Crunch and Fruity Pebbles to cereals with names like Muselix and uh, you know and, and things that taste like you're eating the bark of a tree. You know, it's like what happened? Where where did my cocoa puffs go? Right? right. Why can't I have fun anymore? That's right. Why do I have to be a responsible adult? Damn it! Give me a beer. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break and we will be back. We got still got a lot to talk about. Of course, um, drinking news is coming up where we'll tell you about a different kind of support animal. Uh, plus, I want to tell you about the brew. Brewbound craft beer winners. They are uh, released, and it's always Brewbound's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty reputable uh, site and magazine. So we'll tell you who they think are the best for 2021 when we come back. It is smoking and toasting. It is smoking and toasting. We are very excited to be here for show number 261. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. Get them for the holidays. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah. You know, um, uh, everyone gets down a little bit on Nick Cage, but let's let's try to remember... Oh, Raising Arizona. Brilliant. Let's try to remember, like, uh, he did uh, Ghost Rider, and it was so good that they made two of them. That is not where I that thought was, you were going. That was really hard to say with a straight face, by the way. Probably, probably the best <laughs> Nick Cage movie ever uh, is one where he essentially played himself, where he played the uh, the drunk loser in Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it was like he perfectly cast. <laughs> but you're right, Arizona, Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is brilliant. Holly Hunter, Nicolas Cage, all that. What was the one where he he was going nuts and he was uh, thought he was turning into a vampire? Oh, God, I don't know. 
There's, see, that, but that's, that one was a pretty fun one. That's the plot for most of his movies, though. It's something exactly <laughs> like that. Right. Nicholas Cage believes he's turning into a vampire. Uh, <laughs> stream it now. Uh, hey, a friend of the show, in fact, somebody that we had on uh, not too long ago, just a couple of months ago, has uh, received an important position. Our buddy, Aaron Inkrot. Yeah. Has been promoted to brewmaster at St. Arnold. Woo! Congratulations! That's a big deal, isn't it? We had Aaron yeah. on the show. He was showing off some great uh, beers from St. Arnold. Not that they have any that aren't, but uh, but he was uh, you know he was just as you know down to earth and cool as he could be. Aaron started at St. Arnold as a tour guide on that's, Saturdays when you would come and, and tour the brewery, and he is now the brewmaster. Only the uh, second one after uh, Brock. Who started the company? Who was the original, original brewmaster? And Brock's still involved. He's just in a more, you know, senior capacity. And I'm sure he'll be tasting all of Aaron's concoctions. But how cool is that? That is awesome. Like we're friends I'm with so a brewmaster. I love now that. he's going to act like he doesn't know us. Oh yeah, of course he'll he'll see us coming. He'll look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you again? Uh, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah. He was so fun. We'll talk to Lenny. Go, Lenny. Uh, uh, is can, can we uh, talk to Aaron? He go. Aaron's busy right now. Right. Yeah. Do you have an appointment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, congratulations, uh, Aaron Inkrod. Now the brewmaster for St. Arnold, which, by the way, is not only the oldest craft brewery in Texas, but it is the most awarded craft brewery in the South. Nice. So I don't know what, how exactly, you know, where that line is drawn, but in the southern part of the United States. Which oh, that's the that's the be, IHOP Waffle House line. Oh, is, yeah, oh, yeah, right along yeah. the IHOP Waffle House. When line. When the IHOPs go away and the Waffle Houses <laughs> that's start, right, that's where you right. know. I didn't know that. That's that's more well defined than Mason Dixon. Yes, even, you know, yes, yes. it really is. Uh, so, oh man, I'm I'm excited about this uh, this new Brewbound uh, these new Brewbound awards for uh, uh, winners and rising stars. I like Brewbound. If you've not spent any time with them, uh, go to brewbound.com. I believe they also uh, publish a, um, uh, an actual print magazine. Uh, but it's beer industry news, events, jobs, all that kind of stuff. But they did their 2021 award winners and, and their class of rising stars were announced this week. And they named as Craft Brewery of the Year. This is the 8th annual Brew, Brewbound Awards, by the way. Uh, athletic Brewing Company. It's a oh, non-alcoholic yeah. beer maker, and it has taken, they say, a stigmatized segment of the beer market and transformed it into a growth sector. Now, uh, we're going to do, I think, uh, and it means I, I hesitate because it just means having to go buy a bunch of these, and then they're going to sit in my closet, uh, the ones we don't drink on the show. But I, I want to do a non-alcoholic blind taste, non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. Can I get my jokes out of the way? Sure, go ahead. So... Part of the whole athletic, non-alcoholic beer thing, it helps keep you in shape because you have to keep running to the restroom. Mm-hmm. There's that. But you're drinking non-alcoholic beer, so. Right. Yeah. I, I have had, I haven't had, I think my favorite non-alcoholic beer would probably be uh, Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it may have some alcohol in it, but it doesn't have much alcohol, doesn't have much flavor, doesn't have much of anything. It's kind of like beer-flavored water. So when I want to go non-alcoholic beer, if, I think if you're the designated driver. It's like the driver, beer version of when you left your Dr. Pepper sitting there in your car <laughs> on a hot day. I think you got like two last sips of it. Yeah. If you're the designated driver. Just a kiss of flavor yeah, left in it. If you're the designated driver, I, I think the bartenders are authorized to either give you non-alcoholic drinks or Michelob Ultra, and you'll be fine. 
Oh, man. Uh, at, at least that's what I think. Anyway, uh, that's their craft brewery of the year. They've turned that uh, that sector into a uh, growing uh, category, creating new occasions for the beer category. Large brewery of the year, Firestone Walker. Firestone Walker's yep. been killing it. Uh, a year after an on-premise closure cost the uh, Paso Robles, California headquartered craft brewery 30% of its business, they are poised to finish 2021 up. 20 percent good for them so that's a good rebound and i love firestone walker i do too not only is there uh that that lager, 805, the 805 so good so good but they have a wonderful <clears throat> series of luponic distortion ipas that if yep, you're a, yep. a real uh, hop head and you love to you know really experiment with different and crazy ones those are great and then don't forget the velvet merkin yeah they're and their limited releases are oh yeah limited releases are way over the top uh, yeah, we've had a number box. of them yeah, yeah, yeah a number absolutely. of them here on the show and they have been so great. good <clears throat> uh person of the year is steve fitchheimer uh who is the ceo of new belgium uh, he has helped uh, build that Fort Collins-based uh, headquartered company into a one-million-barrel brewery, uh, driven by the uh, Voodoo Ranger line of IPAs, and of course, um, the uh, uh, New Belgium. That's uh, that's fat tire. That's right? fat tire. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. just so you know, mm-hmm. um, if you want a beer that is absolutely wonderful, you find a fresh fat tire mm. on tap. That beer is so like uh, what's what's the word? It has that that doughy bready. Yeah. Like 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 when you drive by the Sunbeam factory mm-hmm. on Washington, you know, <laughs> yes. it smells so good. Like that beer has that quality in mm-hmm. the flavor of it, and it's such a fantastic brew. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons they recognize him, and you know what? Let's hold on to that till the the. Uh... Oh. No. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Okay. Uh, you talk me into it. It just it just looks so good. I was so just gonna go ahead and there. pour and get the yeah. pouring out of the way. Uh, I love it. Uh, the one of the reasons uh, Steve uh, Fetchheimer, uh, I'm sorry, uh, from New Belgium was named as the person of the year in the brewing industry uh, is because he has, in keeping with New Belgium's ethos, drawn attention to the climate crisis and helped guide the acquisition of Bell's Brewery, a deal that marks another transformational moment in craft brewing. I always wanted one of those bicycles, though. Yeah. I've, I've got a buddy of mine that has one. It's, yeah. it's a big cruiser, and it's great. Oh, love, it. Around it. love it. Uh, cause of the Year, Brave Noise. Uh, it's a collaboration beer project that honors the thousands of women who have shared their stories of discrimination, harassment, sexual assault, and racism while working in the brewing industry. So far, more than 150 brewers in 31 states and four countries have signed up to brew Brave Noise. Each participating brewery is asked to link uh, to to their code of conduct through a QR code on the beer's label and to uh, donate proceeds to a nonprofit organization that works to create safer spaces in the beer and hospital. Hospitality industries. The beer champion of the year is the Massachusetts Brewers Guild. Uh, the Massachusetts craft brewers finally achieved franchise law reform through the efforts of these guys, and uh, there have been some really good things going on. You know, uh, Sam Adams and uh, Boston yeah. Beer Company are very heavily involved in that stuff. And there's a lot of great craft beer coming out of Massachusetts right yep, now. Yep. But they've had to they've had to struggle with some. Um, you know, some legal issues in that state that were not necessarily craft beer friendly. And they've done they've gone a long way towards making that uh, uh, making that really, you know, really, really good. Uh, let me give you the list of rising stars from their uh, from their awards. Rising Star Award was given to Beatbox Beverages in Austin, Texas, Daleview Biscuits and Beer in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Holiday Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, June Shine Hard Kombucha, 
out of San Diego, California. Monkish Brewing out of Torrance, California. Oh, we've had a Monkish on there. Stoop Brewing from East Fishkill, New York. Sycamore Brewing out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And Zero Gravity out of Burlington, Vermont. We've had a Zero Gravity yeah. on here, too. So, But there's a whole lot of names in there we haven't tried. So right. these are considered rising stars. These are ones we'll be on the lookout for. You know, we've been doing the show, what, what was today, 260? 261. It's so like today. halfway to 300, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so we're halfway to 300 episodes at 261 episodes. And we still haven't tried all the beers. Mm. And we do three beers per episode, I sometimes know. more. Sometimes more. Oh, my dear God. The, Did I'm you try this so interested to see what you'll think, because I don't know if you're going to like this beer. It looks interesting. It smells it smells like raisins. So this is from Corpus Christi, Texas. This is the Ephira, or Ephira. What, what is um, the style of this? It's, it's, it's like, a double IPA. doesn't smell like an IPA at all. Yeah, it is the Ephira Double IPA from Lorelei Brewing out of Corpus Christi, Texas. I was not familiar with them, so I was excited to get this and bring it onto the show. All right. Oh. This is incredibly interesting. Mm hmm. Because it finishes sweet, which you're not expecting at all. Not from any you're kind of double IPA. Because it's got, it's got a lot of hop in it. I mean, this is a hop. Punch in the face, really, really, and when you take a sip, this but here's what, this does a lot like what Stone does with their hops, right, where it's right. so upfront, but there's almost like there is a hop finish on this, but it's got a sweetness to the finish that covers up so much of any bitterness that you right. Would get. This is what I was just about to say. Usually, when you have this much hop, you go, okay, it's going to be bitter, and and that and you're either going to be okay with that or you're not, depending on your taste in beer. But that sweet finish that you mentioned. It just takes the edge off of that bitter, uh, right? Right as it's uh, it's kind of kind of winding up what it's doing on your palate. Residing in the spring-fed well of the ancient city of Corinthos, 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 Ephira. Uh, Ephira was the protector and uh, embodiment of the town's life-giving water supply. In her honor, we crafted this malt-balanced double IPA with citrus, Simcoe, and. Uh, Waimei hops bursting with tropical fruit flavors. Each sip is sure to make you feel alive. This is such an incredibly interesting brew because of the uh, when they say balanced double IPA, this is probably one of the best examples we've had on the show mm -hmm. of a balanced IPA where the, the hops are there up front, they're there in the middle, they're there on the end, but there's also a malty sweetness like. <clears throat> This has more malt profile than almost any IPA you I think it, I've had. What it reminds me of a little bit is a Dogfish Head 90 Minute. Mm -hmm. It's got that same kind of like you're expecting that hops to just almost bowl you over, and then it finishes a little a little. So cleaner. flavor profile wise, though, it's actually somewhere I think a little more between their 90 and their 120 Minute because mm -hmm. that 120 Minute has the front end like this has mm -hmm. where it's just this. Hop, I mean, I don't know how to... Hop assault on the senses. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's a warm hop assault, not mm -hmm. a bright, uh, brightened, uh, uh, resinous I hop I will tell assault. you, uh, Ian, I think this is fantastic. I have not seen this in Houston. I'm not saying it's not here. I just haven't seen it. At uh, 9%, by the way. Yeah, at 9%. And, and, uh, uh, but I found this uh, actually in the grocery store at uh, in, in Rockport. And, of course, Rockport's not that far from Corpus Christi, so it makes sense that you would... But I was looking for beers that I hadn't had, and that was uh, that was the first one I saw, so I grabbed some. Man, whoever this guy was that brewed this, good job. This is fantastic. Mm. Mm. Wonderful and, and delicately balanced. The artwork on here is kind of interesting. It's like a, a mermaid... Um, 
like classic mermaid with green hair and pouring beer into the water. Yeah, pouring water into the beer. <laughs> the beer into the water. Water. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what's going on there. Show that to the camera. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be uh, back. We're getting close to uh, drinking news, just a little bit further. But I tell you what, we're getting really close to now, Ian, and that's time to taste us some whiskey. I like whiskey. Yes. Uh, so that little old band from Texas has released Tres Hombres Whiskey. It Let's is ZZ Top's here. whiskey. And uh, in case you were worried. We're going to give it a spin. Well, in case you were worried that it might be just another, you know, uh, money grab, I got two words for you. Balcones Distilling. That's where they went to have this done. Brian. So, uh, uh, Wiki Brian also mentions uh, Barrel and Flow Fest celebrates black arts and artists. That was from our oh, first nice. beer. Yeah. And uh, Vampire's Kiss was the name of that. Vampire's uh, Kiss was the uh, Nicolas Cage movie. The Nicolas movie. Cage movie Thank where, where wow. he thinks he's becoming a vampire. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it's pretty bad, Ian. It's pretty bad. It's entertaining, though. It is entertaining. There's a lot of bad movies that are entertaining. <laughs> you ever watch Reefer no. Madness? <laughs> and on that note, we'll take a break. It's uh, smoking and toasting. We will be right back. Smoking and Toasting, this is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web at MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned we had uh, answers to a couple of our questions. The Nicolas Cage movie uh, was uh, Vampire's Kiss, mm -hmm. and then uh, there was an answer to the... Oh, uh, so uh, on our first beer, uh, where's the... Oh, the first can we mm -hmm. had there. Uh, this was from the... Uh, uh, Barrel and Flow collaboration, which mm -hmm. is a, a, a festival to celebrate uh, black arts and artists. Awesome, awesome! I love not it. black arts in the in the way of uh, like magic yeah. and, and not Doctor Strange. Black right, arts, right, right. But, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, uh, the uh, there's problems with canned craft beer in, and it's not just. I don't my, understand what the problems it's are. It's not just canned my, craft beer is better than bottled craft beer. It's, it's not just my insistence that bottled is better. I mean, let me. Just be absolutely frank with you, okay? Okay. I think. Hey, Frank. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Frank. <laughs> um, I think honestly, like the the let's go it, let's go in reverse progression here of the worst things to drink beer out of. Okay. Okay. Um, paper cup. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Like especially those like, like little dentist cups. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you why I know that, but there was you know I went to college. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Drinking beer out of the little cups that you're supposed to use for uh, brushing your teeth in the <laughs> yes, bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I went to college. I know that those are not a good idea. They don't last very long either. Mm -hmm. um, and you you can, however, crush them on your forehead and look, you look, know, like some, that guy. Look like that. I, was, I noticed that you didn't say and look pretty cool. You said and no, look no. like that guy, which is exactly right. No, yeah. no, pretty cool doesn't work when you're drinking out of one of those. So unless you have a tiny straw that matches it, and then it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be. That would not be cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 little paper cups are, are not good to drink beer out of. Agreed. agreed. Uh, a step up from that would be the plastic cup. Like a solo cup. Solo yeah. cup. A lot of times what we use in here, although you right. usually get the little harder plastic cups, which are better than like I like the, those better, yes. Yeah. And, and then uh, above that would be your hands because, you know, depending on what you have in your hands, it may change the flavor of the that's beer. That's true. That could do it. Um, so that's not always the best thing. Um, 
And then let's go from there. After that, I think is bottles. Okay. See, I don't know why you think that. Because the, the they're limiting. Oh, see, all right. So they're limiting, so right? So you would put you can't cans crush at the a top? bottle on your head. You right? You can't. Uh, anyway, they're, they're heavy. They're awkward. You can't crush it on someone else's yeah, head. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they're heavy. They're awkward. You know, if you're going camping and you want to pack stuff in and out, bottles suck. Well, yeah, but in The Last of Us 2, The Last of Us Part 2, if you have a bottle, you can stun one of your enemies long enough to draw and fire on him and kill him. I didn't even think about that. And you can't do All that right, with a can. So score one. You can't do that with a can. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. But you can cut somebody with a can if you rip it open. <laughs> anyway, so then let's go ahead and go to cans. Cans don't get the UV uh, issues or any of those kind of contaminations. Yeah. Uh, and they have this awesome lining, so it, it preserves the flavor of the beer in fantastic ways. And then let's just go straight to keg. Keg is the number one way. Like, if I can go straight from keg to mouth, I'm happy. No, you direct from keg to mouth, I see. Okay, yes. gotcha. Well, now, see, for me, the number one thing to drink um, uh, beer out of is a frosty glass. Yeah. To me, that's the best. And I actually prefer a frosty pint glass to a frosty mug. Uh, I'll take the frosty mug, but frosty pint glass is my favorite. Oh. And I keep eight frosty uh, beer glasses in my freezer at all times. When I was at St. Arnold Brewery last time, mm -hmm. I bought... Uh, a pint glass koozie. Oh, have you seen those? Yes, those they're are fantastic. Cool. Yeah, they're very cool. So if you like a frosty pint glass, that mm -hmm. would be like you put that on there before you even put your beer in there. I'm not a big fan of a frosty glass. I like a, a room temperature glass to pour see, my beer in. See, this is, I think, where our difference on bottles and cans comes in because I love my beer cold. Now, I don't mind letting it warm up to see what kind of flavors now, come out of it. But generally speaking, if I'm drinking beer, I want it cold. So if I show up at your house and you're having a party and I look in the, the beer cooler and all other things are equal, I'm going to go for the beer that's in the bottle because I'm going to be standing around drinking it out of the bottle and it's going to stay cold much longer than in the can. The reason I don't like beer in cans, although it's fine if I'm pouring it into a frosty glass, but that last drink is kind of like the Dr. Pepper you were talking about earlier in the show. It's like it's it's just a little too warm and, and a little too thin. Unless you have one thin. of those unless you have one of those uh, Yeti or Arctic koozies. Right. Which by I, the way, they, I have one. And, there's and a they sensory issue with those. Yes. Not only do they work, they work a little too well. Yeah. It's hard to tell how much you have left in your oh, drink. Yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> like you can there's no gauge. Like when you're right, holding right. one of those, there's no yeah, gauge do on I have how much any is left. Oh in man, I'm I'm out. <laughs> but Damn that last it. sip is very cold. Well, in in any case, there's there's an issue with uh, with crap beer in cans. Oh, that's, that's what going we were talking right about. Now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the ball uh, well, first of all, the supply chain issues have been yeah. uh, have been frustrating for a lot of uh, crap breweries uh, in getting cans to put beer into. And now uh, the Ball Corporation, which is one of the major can right, manufacturers, right. has recently changed its minimum order per requirement for aluminum packaging to Now think about this. 5 truckloads Per skew, per like, so if you're putting out, if you're the guys at um, at uh, uh, Lorelei Brewing, and you got a new IPA called Defira, you've got to order five truckloads of cans. You know what this means at one time. 
What this means is all cans that we get from craft breweries now will have stick-on labels. Yeah, uh, and like that's this. what this one is. And if you if you can take a look at that, I don't know if I'm pointed at the right camera or not, but if you take it this, you, you can see this is basically just a silver can, and that label has been applied that's to it. That's what's going to happen. And they did a nice job. Yeah, and it already is happening, actually, with a lot of things. I think if you're a— Well, remember last year's can shortage? We saw cans that were obviously from, a, from like, different companies well, even with a new sticker the on The no-label guys told us that— they got some Eighth Wonder cans, yeah, and, yeah, and Eighth mean, Wonder gave them some cans so they could put out uh, beer because they were out. I, I think so. There's a couple beautiful things about that. Is one is as a beer drinker when you see that that tells you that these beer companies work together, and that's amazing. What's uh, What's also happening though is that Ball uh, Corporation will no longer warehouse inventory on behalf of customers. Instead. Non-contract smaller brewery customers will need to work with a set of four distribution brokers to order any quantity less than five truckloads. So what this means is there's now a middleman and the cost goes up. Or they have to buy so many cans at one time that the cost the cost is going to go up because they're going to have to figure out how to warehouse all of that beer and all of those cans. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. A and can storage for... is going to be tough because it takes space and you right. can't compress you, that. Yeah, space you can't at compress all. that can until the beer has been drunk. You yep. know, <laughs> then you can like do it on your forehead or whatever. But, right, right. Uh, but Which you, you can't you, do with a bottle, uh, and, and that's okay. Well, at least not with the same results. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, when I put my uh, bag of trash down the trash chute uh, and the recycling chute in my building. I sure enjoy hearing the clank clank of the bottles as it goes down the chute more than I hear the fluff. So what fluff, you're saying is, if I the had cans. the same situation and I put the the bag of cans, it might get stuck because there's yeah. not enough gravitational not enough, pull. Not enough weight pulling it down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I get it. But see, now, uh, but I'll tell you this: when I drink beer at home, I never drink it out of the can ever. I always pour it into a glass. You always. Know, so probably seventy percent of the time, any beer I drink at home is poured into a glass. Okay. Um, and I have a few various different styles of glasses. My yes. favorite style of glass is the one that has beer in it. But uh, <laughs> that's a great style. That's yes. Uh, but but I have a I have a set of tulips that were from a friend of mine's wedding. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't give us any glasses for the divorce, but I do have the glasses from the wedding. <laughs> They've outlasted his wedding. They they really should do divorce parties in the, with the same fervor the same that wedding, fervor wedding parties are thrown. Don't you so think? I have those two glasses. Uh, and if you ever come over to my house, I'm sorry. Those are some of my favorite glasses. And then I have a, a couple of glasses that I got from Martin House, and they're kind of oversized. They look like a can, yeah. but with an open top oh, where nice. it kind of yeah, comes yeah. in just a little bit. Those are really, really nice, especially oh, cool. if you're having bigger beers because they hold more. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a whole slew of pint glasses you know, and a couple Guinness glasses because they're usually shaped a little different uh -huh. um <clears throat> so i have all those different drinkwares and then i have some taster glasses my favorite taster glasses are these little mugs that i get my mustard in oh yeah have you seen the Dus <laughs> the dusendorf mustard Dusseldorf uh, mustard i think i know what it comes about, in yeah. a little mug a little with mug, a little yeah. yellow cap and once you're done with that delicious wonderful mustard then you repurpose that as a taster glass and it's a Awesome little mug yeah, for like little tastes. I will say stuff. the grape upon uh, jars don't work nearly as well. For no, me. no, these are way cooler. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah. are way cooler. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's uh, that's the bumps in the road for uh, uh, the minimum order now being two hundred and four thousand cans 
previously, you know and now it's it's over a million. I can see a couple solutions happening here, though. Yeah. I can see uh, breweries getting together and ordering cans. Right, but but if you're ordering and splitting them a printed, can though, order, right? well, so I think that that's going to start going away then. I think you're right. That's going to only see be more and more big, of the big breweries. Yeah. I think you're going to see more stick-on labels from everybody. And just, just a minor complaint about the stick-on labels is when I pull it out of my beer fridge, it's harder to tell if it's cold, if it's a stick-on label. <laughs> it may or may not be. But it's harder to tell uh, than it is when you're actually touching the metal of the can. Just, just, just hold it at the yeah, bottom. You just have to hold the bottom. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know. I'm a solution man. See, you are. I you just are. do what I can. You know what the solution is? Bottles. That's the solution. That's the solution. You get that wonderfully satisfying. Beer moment. is a solution. You get that wonderfully satisfying moment where the top comes off, and you get that. Pfft. I love that moment. With cans, it's a little different. You get you get a, there's some satisfaction in that, but it's not the same. The sound of opening a can, the rending of metal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not the same. It's just that it's not as good gentle, as it's not as good and as satisfying as the old pull tabs. Remember those? Oh, pull tabs were the best, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very bad for the environment yes. and your feet. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, really. Like no really one, bad no one feet. nowadays knows what uh, 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 what's his name is talking about and. Margaritaville, oh, step yeah, on a pop Jimmy top. Yeah, step Jimmy on a pop. Buffett, what, yeah, what does that mean? No yeah. one has any idea yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Stepped on a pop top. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's okay to be old. Um, so, um, what uh, what do you say we take a look at this at this whiskey? And I, and I have to apologize, so because Tyler wasn't going to make it in today, I had to stop on my way in and buy a whiskey. So that means that I have not had time to remove the cellophane Ooh. or clear the what deck of the whiskey. What if I cut my like hand I, on the plastic cellophane? Uh, well, here. I usually try to be, you know, uh, you know, to be the concerned uh, partner here, but... Uh, well, it certainly made an interesting sound, I'll say that. I didn't know, didn't know you could get that cool of a sound out of, uh, out of taking off the cellophane. Are you okay? So far, so far, okay. no wounds, no no issues. Right. A little, a little bit of uh, peeling fatigue okay, going it. on, but I think I'm okay. All right, and I, of course, I didn't clear the neck of the bottle, so you're going to want to be careful opening that, that there's no spillage. Ooh, that was very well done, sir. Very Ooh, well done. That is fragrant. Oh, <laughs> ha! All right, you're going to have to like offer us a little more explanation than that. Uh, like I got this big whiff of bubble gum. Oh, really? Yeah, bubblegum like classic, uh, classic in with the uh, baseball cards mm, bubblegum. Mm. Oh, very interesting. So, well, this is from Balcones. And that who, is a flavor that happens in whiskey, by the way. That's actually pretty common. This is Balcones who have yet to make a bad whiskey. So, there's that. You notice because you didn't uh, clear the neck of the bottle. Right? Did you? I have do a have spillage? a little bit of spillage going mm, on here. All right. Well. Ooh. Well, I sure I might have heavy poured myself. Uh, uh, gee, what a surprise! Um, I, I do get the bubble gum. Bubble on the gum, nose. definitely. Yeah. Mm, bubble gum, vanilla. A little bit like of a, like rose or something. What is it? That floral it's a note. Floral in thing. Yeah, oh. I agree. Uh, there's a cinnamony. Mm, yeah. There's a. It, it it smells like it's got a lot going on, which is not again not surprising, given balcones. So. Um, uh, it does have like kind of a, almost a rose petal kind of thing going on. Yeah, I really got a sort of a rose rose hips or rose petal uh, vibe. So this is a Texas whiskey. Uh, it's called ZZ Top Tres Hombres, and it is uh, it's got the diagram of the guys on the front. Let me read you what it says. Some things just belong together. You combine influences because it just makes sense, and end up end up creating something new that feels like it has always been. 
ZZ Top combined blues and southern rock in an unprecedented and iconic way. Tres Hombres Texas Whiskey is made of three Texas-grown grains, corn, barley, and rye, in the same spirit of honest exploration and synergy that has cemented ZZ Top's place in music history. That is spicy, baby. And it's signed by Jared Hempstead, head distiller at Balcones Distilling in Waco, Texas. So, so you had a sip. Spicy. spicy, huh? So we had. I talked about a spicy cigar. We have now a a, a spicy whiskey. Let's see. This is uh, it's fifty fifty uh, percent by volume. And so it's a little got, overproof. So it's got three uh, three distinct. Uh, uh, things that are combined here. Uh, I love this the, picture of ZZ the Top, Sunders. by the way. The uh, depiction of them on the front yeah, is it's really fantastic. Great. So what's your take on the whiskey? It is definitely spicy. But do you like it? Spicy. I love, especially the nose on this. The nose is so interesting. Uh, you don't get the flavor of the bubblegum that you smell on the nose uh, in the whiskey as much. No, you really don't. But I do get the corn and the rye. I get this huge, yes. So the corn is evident. The rye is the spice that you're tasting. Mm-hmm. And then there's this that that Texas mineral water, mm-hmm. like, is huge on this. They didn't try to even hide any of that. And I'm glad they didn't. It really, it really makes for a nice finish. And then you get, after you get the mineral water, which you think is going to be the finish, you get this one more wash of the rye. You know, like when I just put it to my nose and exclude my mouth from it, I get almost a snickerdoodle kind of thing going on. <laughs> uh, like that's not—I'm not even joking about that. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. There's a little sweetness to it, but I wouldn't call this a real sweet whiskey. No, it's a, it's a spicy whiskey mm-hmm. for sure. What's your what's your overall uh, what's your overall vibe? Do you like it? I like it. Um, I. This is interesting. It's very different from what I expected. I didn't expect. Well, I guess uh, Billy Gibbons has kind of a reputation for being a little outside and liking things a little spicy and different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this makes sense when you put it in that uh, that aspect. As a whiskey by itself, if you take the whole um, uh, uh, ZZ Top thing out of it, this is spicy and incredibly different. I bet this makes incredible cocktails because of how spicy and right. crazy it is. Oh, right, right. I bet you're right. It would make By it. itself, it's quite interesting. Uh, I'd like to try it with a piece of ice at some point, too. I mm-hmm. bet that would open it up into very interesting channels. I think you're right. You'd probably see those flavors open up and like stretch apart a little bit more. Well, I bet some of those flavors that I get on the nose, as a matter of fact, when I spread this around my palate a little bit, I get there's there's a little bit of that 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 snickerdoodle kind of sweetness to it, mm-hmm. a little bit of bubblegum kind of flavor in the very very background of it. There's a a little maple syrup going on in there. Wow. It the the IPA to go back to it, and I don't off, don't often do IPA and whiskey together. Uh, usually you go for like a darker beer. If you do, but when you go back to the IPA, it changes the flavor profile of it completely. Yeah, but you got a double IPA and you got a, a whiskey with a ton of rye flavor. Right. Is this? Well, I almost expect it to be called a high rye or something. Well, like they that. they do mention on here that they use uh, that they use three distillates. Uh, they use uh, three Texas grown grains: corn, barley, and rye. Ah. So think of it as one third. <laughs> it beats that double IPA down into mm-hmm. like a. a, a a hop water. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really just t- changes the profile of it completely. Holy cow. I'm interested to go back now. Mm-hmm. This is this is fun. Um, what does the bottle of this go for? 
about 55. Mm. I'd say worth it just to have something cool and different in there. Yeah, and and not only do you have the ZZ Top connection, but this is a very different whiskey from anything else that's in well, my bar. This, I know that. And this does not say rye whiskey, but I'm going to tell you, if you're not a fan of rye because of the spice, you're not going to be a fan of this whiskey. However, if you like the rye spice with a little bit different things going on, I think that's uh, pretty fun. I think it's worth it. I think it's awesome. Oh, I, absolutely. I'm going to say I dig it. It'd be questionable, I think, if you were saying $100. At $55, you get a cool bottle, and it's interesting and spicy. I bet that makes... An entertaining old fashioned. Oh, I bet it's a great old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because just that, due that to the character that it has, and the whiskey hug is is so delayed. It's like you're mm -hmm. getting a whiskey hug from a guy with a really long full beard. <laughs> That's what it's kind of like, you know. All right, oh, oh, oh. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say let's take a break. We will return. It's gonna be drinking news time, and uh, a few more things to pass on to you, including, uh, by the way. Uh, cigars to watch for. We have some interesting things coming out. Cigars and have, to watch for that have right just, now. Just hit the shelves. So we'll tell you all about that coming up. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. We are drinking whiskey, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My uh, partner here, Ian Barry, oh, on the know. ukulele. And uh, behind the wheels of steel, uh, our very own producer, uh, Adam Andrus, who is... Uh, so, I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about this? Adam's going to be leaving us next year. I'm very sad about that. I'm, I'm beyond sad about this because uh, I don't want to have to go back to our first producer, who like censors us and stuff, and uh, you know we're gonna have to we're on the lookout for a new producer. We have we have somebody in mind who's filled in before, but I don't know. I'm just gonna miss Adam. Mm -hmm. Adam's he's like he's like solid. You know, we always know where we're at with Adam. So, and plus he he has uh, gone through this whole time as producer. And because we've given him whiskey and beer, he has not asked for a raise, which has been which has <laughs> no been matter what we yeah, put him through. Right, right, it's exactly right. So it's been a good thing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was just saying to Ian during the break, I have no idea how I've kept it going this long, but once again, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. I'd like to point out Cheers, that, that, that I've been working real hard on the art of the pause. The pause is a big deal. The pause. Uh -huh. You know, when I mm -hmm. say, when you say, uh, or when you put up a recording of someone saying, uh, I have to take my gator to the vet, there has to be a very strategic and exacting pause right after be that. Right, before you go back to before the Before you go back to the song. Because if you do it wrong, like just as an example, you know, uh, a, Florida, a Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the Drinking news. You see, you, that's right. yes, it, it ruins it, it, right? It does. It just wipes <laughs> it out. Well, if you ever wanted to learn the beauty of the strategic pause, you got to go back to the 80s to Gloria Estefan's group, The Miami Sound Machine, 
and the song called The Conga. Oh, yeah. Uh, on, everybody, can you do that conga? Yeah, right. So there's a part in there where he says, there's no way it's going to stop. And everything stops for a minute. And if that pause, that maybe half a second pause, were not in that song, I'm just going to say the conga would not have been a hit. Would not have been as cool. Yeah, it would not have been as cool. So go back, kids. Listen to some music history. Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine, mm-hmm. the conga. It is, by the way, it is the great band. Oh, oh, they're wonderful. Holy Are you kidding me? Cow, some great. really talented players in that band, and that and that song is the uh, spiritual uh, uh, spiritual successor to uh, Copacabana by Barry Manilow. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, since you had the Copacabana, and then you have the Conga. It's like, yeah, something yeah. has to keep going. So, anyway, I, I can't believe we're talking about this old music on the show. It's time for drinking news. Uh, <laughs> I almost need another little cord or something. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Cheers y'all. y'all. Uh, horrified passengers on board Delta Airlines flight DL thirteen sixty to Atlanta recently uh, could only watch in horror. As a woman took caring for her cat a step too far. According to a now viral message, which appears to be from the pilot of the plane, uh, the woman refused to stop the questionable activity despite repeated pleas from the cabin crew. The unidentified woman, who may or may not have been from Florida, uh, was apparently... A Florida woman. She was apparently, and I'm going to do that... Air quotes. Wait for it. Uh-huh. She was apparently breastfeeding her cat while she sat in her seat next to the window on flight DL-1360. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) As the woman would not put her pet back in its carrier, the pilot demanded Delta's red coat ground team meet the customer after landing to reprimand her. An aircraft communications addressing and reporting system message reportedly from the flight's crew, and it's up on the uh, screen here if you're uh, watching on YouTube or Facebook, uh, the message reads, REC, which is short for request, request red coat meet AC PAX, which means passenger, in seat 13A, is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in its character when flight attendant requested. Uh, the American Airlines uh, has experienced, uh, the American Airline industry, rather, has experienced an 84% surge in incidents relating to emotional support animals in the past few years forcing them to tighten regulations. But unlike this case, it's usually the animal acting up rather than the owner themselves. Uh, all right, so uh, let's let's talk about breastfeeding for a minute. First off, baby's got to eat. I don't think breastfeeding is a bad thing. I don't think breastfeeding no. in public by any means is an issue. I think people that think that you should take your child to the bathroom to breastfeed no, should that, go sit ridiculous. in the bathroom and eat them their own damn selves. Right, right, right? Exactly. Let me just be no, like, straight up about I, I that. I totally agree with you. Right? Totally agree with you. But who the hell breastfeeds a cat? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, if this was, if this was animated right now, there would be a huge WTF right above my head right, <laughs> right now. Right. Like, exactly. I don't like who thought that was a good idea. This cat needs milk right now, and 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 they said cat, not kitten. Right. Don't cats get more like lactose intolerant as I they get think older? That's true. Yeah, uh, having owned a few cats in my lifetime, I can attest to this. Yes, they do get. And more then lactose she's intolerant. taught that cat, probably from a kitten, of course. Yeah, yeah. That this is where food comes from, and then, like, it just keeps going, and then, ouch! Yeah, yeah. Like, holy ouch! 
Like <laughs> uh, rules, airline rules state that passengers are allowed to bring their small dogs and cats into the cabin, but they must stay in a case under the seat in front for the entire flight. Access to passenger breasts, as you might imagine, is severely frowned upon by the airlines. Uh, so, if you are breastfeeding your support animal, please do not do this on the plane. I'm glad it wasn't a goat. They would just. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's, I guess it's not any more awkward, yeah. is it? Yeah. Leave the animal at home. Or better yet, put the animal on the plane and you stay at home, you freaking weirdo. Hi, or, <laughs> you know what You know what people do for convenience a lot of times? They pump. There you go. So you could pump for your... Uh, you could have done that and had a little bottle and then stuck it through the... Um, and fed your cat. Stuck it through the, the, the grate, you know, the, the front of the cage for the kennel. Yeah. And... Everyone would have been happy, right? Or you could just step in front of a bus and save us all a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. That was <laughs> that breastfeeds a cat. <laughs> that was the I bad. I don't even speaking. know what to say. Uh, reporting from seat 13B. I mean, that takes. Hold on, that takes such a specific set of things going on all at the same oh, yeah. time. Uh, like the, she just happens to have. It's weird. She happens to be lactating, right? Right. Just um, does she have a kid? Like that's usually when that right. happens. But right. she just happens to be lactating, traveling with her support cat. Her cat happens to know exactly how to latch onto that thing. Um, I, I, I don't. <laughs> you and you thought the last person you sat next to on the flabbergasted. Plane was weird. Yeah, absolutely. I am flabbergasted. As am I. Reporting from seat 13B, I'm Cruz, and that is your. Drinking news. See, that was an inappropriate pause. Yeah, yeah, that was too long. Yeah, that was too drinking long. Drinking news. <laughs> drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, think we, I think we may have hit a new low with drinking news today. Or high. I'm not sure which oh, yeah, one it is. It's tough to tell. It's, it's, it is hard to tell. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, so. I don't know about you, but I'm really anxious to try uh, this ale. So let me, do you need a, a bottle opener? Let me grab you one real quick. All right, you got one handy? I have one in my bag that I brought for just such an occasion. I believe I have one in my bag. Oh, I, I got one right here if you don't have it. Just for such an occasion? No, we're good. Oh, there it is. There it is. Whoops. Oh, see, you were ahead of me. Okay. So you gotta, you can't just like smoothly do this. Like a lot of bartenders will flip that around on their finger, yeah. and go bam, and it's wide open. You have to actually do like when you're on radio, right? You have to have the sound. You can't of... just do that because people won't even know what what, what was that, right? right. But you if have I to do this, the clankety clank. See, um, then you know ago, what's going on. <clears throat> years ago, when I was doing uh, goofball morning radio, and you would have somebody you know call in, but it was obviously a comedy skit that was. Uh, Featuring, you know, probably one of your members of your crew uh, calling in from the other room. Right. Um, we we would always do this thing where no, it was always a stranger. Uh, of course it was. Uh, but we would do this thing where you wouldn't just hang up. You would take that. You would take that phone receiver and you go kind of clank and clank and clank. Yes, of course. You have <laughs> to, to make have the sound of the hang up, so it wasn't just a click. You know, and that's kind of what it's like doing the. Uh, you did a fine job on that one, by the way. All right, I'm liking this already. I haven't even smelled it. Haven't even sniffed the top. I'm liking it just from the look. It shares the the same color oh, template uh, as the uh, as a used motor oil. Yes, in the most wonderful way. But you know what just happened? Like you can, if you look at the very edges of it, you could almost see light through it. 
Ian, I just I just oh, now got into the Christmas like spirit. Pie. I just now got into the Christmas spirit. This smells like the holidays to me. Oh, this mm. is like pumpkin pie spices in a beer, mm. but not in a sweet way. Okay, so we had plenty of pumpkin beers during mm -hmm. the uh, uh, during the October time. Oh man, this is good. Oh man, yeah, it, were they this it, good again? Before? This goes more, almost more towards the crust. It has that mm -hmm. kind of that kind of graham cracker thing my, going on. My favorite part and of the coffee. pumpkin pie. Yeah, and some coffee. Wow, that is really good. So what we're what we're sampling here. This is the Anchor Brewing Company's Merry Christmas Special Ale 2021, and they put one out every year, but it's always a little different. And some do years you, are... Do you have the information off here? Should I no, read it? No, go ahead. Read it, please. Uh, this is the 47th... Um, well, I have to turn it. Yeah, you have to turn it while you <laughs> Okay, this is the 47th from uh, the brewers at Anchor. That means they've been doing this for 47 Christmases. Okay. Holy moly. You with us there? Well, I'm trying to figure out how to read this exactly. <laughs> Maybe uh, would it help if you just tore the label off? Maybe. Or, or now I'll probably. Now I'll I'll probably rip gonna have. Okay, so let me just read it across the way this goes. Okay. This is the 47th our special ale from the Brewers at Anchor. This ale, made with natural flavors, featuring a, featuring a new recipe and tree. Every year, okay. So there's a new tree on it every year. I was oh yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a big deal. And tree every year, uh, but the intent with which we offer this is really awkward to read. Yes, with which we offer it is the same joy and celebration of the newness of life. Trees symbolize the winter solstice when uh, when the earth with its seasons appeared born anew. The natural. This makes me sound like I don't even know how to read. I'm just spinning this bottle. <laughs> it's a. It's the natural kind of intoxicating beauty just listening of the to California high desert is epitomized by the western Joshua tree, threatened primarily by climate change. It is a candidate for protection under the California Endangered Species Act. Mm. Um, so, okay, the reason the reason the, the reading of that sounds so awkward is because this is a label that goes across the very top of the neck of this, right by a. And you had to keep turning it to read it. And so I and it's small and tight. So then I have but to read it. But you weren't turning it back and forth. I have you were to turning read, it in a continuous circle. Yeah. So I have to read the top line all the way across. But when I get to where the label connects, then I have to drop my eye one line and continue reading. Uh, right, it's right. very very weird. <laughs> you know, uh, you know what is easier than reading that bottle? Pouring, oh. pouring a refill. Pouring from it some into more year into that. Yeah, uh, I think this is an absolutely outstanding Christmas ale. Uh, they, you know, absolutely they, they always do such a such a good job. Twenty twenty one Western Joshua Tree on the front. That's so awesome how they do stuff like that. Our special ale, ale brewed with natural flavors. Um, they don't have a lot of. This is the, all the information we get on there. Um, but you know, it's always different every single year. And last year, uh, it didn't have the coffee. It didn't have the Pumpkin spice in right, it. It had right. more of a baking spice more thing. More of a fruitcake vibe to it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah fruitcake vibe. Mm. Mm. I, you know, that brewery's so awesome. They really are. And it makes me want to go buy. I don't think of buying a six-pack of Anchor Steam that often, but that's a really good beer. It's just so different from... You know, most of the beers that we I drink love these Anchor days. Steam, and if I, if I go into a restaurant that has it on tap, yeah. I will always, always at least have one. Mm -hmm. 
So I see where you're going here. You were opening up the um, opening up the Balcones Tres Hombres Zizi Top Whiskey, uh-huh. and you're going to go back from this um, from this Christmas ale to the whiskey, correct? Well, I accidentally I accidentally uh, drank my whole first glass of it, so okay. now I have to go. Accidentally, with the yeah, that happens sometimes. Well, I you know when I spilled it, I spilled it directly into my mouth. Best spill ever. So going back to this from the beer changes the profile on this. Now I'm getting like this graham crackery thing going yeah. on. Yeah, gingerbread graham crackery yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spice is still there, but it's moved back in the palate substantially. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, after mm. the beer, it's not nearly as okay. spicy. Put this up to your nose now after you've had the beer. The whiskey? Maple syrup. Oh, yes. Like so it- instead of bubble gum, you get the maple syrup now mm-hmm. on the nose after the whiskey. And when you go back to the beer, it turns it almost into a coffee porter. You're absolutely right. Like the the notes of pumpkin are completely gone, or at least greatly. It's a little subdued. spicy coffee, almost like a chicory coffee kind of. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Which is a very particular flavor. If you've never had chicory coffee, then you've never um, been to New Orleans. You've not, right. You've never been to New Orleans because when you order coffee there, you don't order chicory coffee. You just order coffee. And guess what? It's chicken. That's what they bring you. Exactly. Exactly. And it is a very specific flavor. And I get that in certain uh, certain beers and certain sometimes cigars. I'll get it in. uh, I've gotten in a few Mm -hmm. cigars. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting how that interacts. I don't know that I like the beer better with the whiskey. Uh, I think I like the beer better on its own. I agree. I think I liked it better first time around. But I think I like the beer uh, by itself and I like the whiskey by itself. I don't know about together, but uh, they're both pretty fun well not everything was made to pair up so. no true true yeah and um, you know what though I, I thought that these might pair up better than they do but i think that they just the the whiskey has so much so character distinct. yeah the whiskey has so much of its own character and this has so much of its own character that they kind of run into each other i wanted to ask you before we uh, wrap up the show today um, i was young i needed the money yeah okay i had a feeling <laughs> um so you had a chance to go out to the uh, big event out at no label brewing uh, this last week, so they had their anniversary party. Okay, so that's no what it was anniversary. Yeah, it was an anniversary party. And if you remember when um, when Tom was on the show, he mentioned because I, I mentioned man, I really like barley wines. He goes, "Well, we're going to have one on tap." Mm-hmm. And boy, did they! I showed up. Uh, I, I told him I had to, I had to drive around. It was pretty busy up there. I had to drive around their parking lot for a bit. They got a nice facility out there. I'd never been there, uh, but if you're coming into Houston from the west, uh, it's right. Across the street from across the freeway from Katie Mills Mall in that area, okay, gotcha. it's real easy to find. Um, and uh, I was coming in from the east, and it's about forty minutes, forty-five minutes from my house. Fortunately, it was a Saturday with very, very little traffic, so the drive mm-hmm. was really nice and easy. Um, but I got there, I went around the parking lot a couple times, found a parking spot, and then texted Tom, said, "Hey, man, I'm here." And uh, and I didn't hear back from him, so I figured he was busy doing whatever he did. So I went inside, wandered around. They had a band playing inside the uh, uh, one of the buildings there. They had another building set up where they had some games and people just and chairs and people. Mm-hmm. And it was drizzly. It was kind of a miserable cold day and drizzly mm-hmm. the whole time. But everyone was having a blast. They have a mm. whole bunch of covered area out there, which works great for when it's drizzly. It works great for when it's sunshining because you get some shade. Um, they got a nice big uh, uh, patio area. I didn't get to smoke a cigar out there because of the drizzle. I just kind of uh, hung out. Right. But when he, uh, I went up to the bar and I ordered uh, their barley wine. I just said, you know what? We're going straight to the top. I'm getting the barley wine first. It was fantastic. Breakfast of champions. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we're starting the day. So, But you liked it. Now We're hitting the ground running. For those who have not um, seen Ian talk about this on the show before, 
Uh, he does love barley wine, but often the American-style barley wines don't really do it for you. They have a tendency to be a little more carbonated, a little less uh, 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 Carbonation, viscous. too much hop on too the, much, on too the much back. Hop. Like right. You got this exactly. nice, sweet, delicious, dark flavor, and then you slap some pine cone into it. Ah! All right, so, now, so I've had, I say this, that, so as a general rule, the American barley wine is not my favorite. English-style barley wines are my favorite. But I've had a few barley wines that kind of split the difference a little bit, even though when they hop it uh, like that towards the end, they'll always call it an American barley wine. But it doesn't mean that they're all bad. So it, where did this one land on this This scale? one landed a little hoppy on the end, but not enough to be distracting. It was hoppy, okay. so it had a crisp, bitter finish, but not enough to go, oh, I didn't like that, or leave you with a... Pine coney thing, and is that one only available at the brewery? They have only not released at the brewery. it. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Well, which means I have to go back. And how many did you have? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> well, I had two of those. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> and they were coming in, I think, at the 13, 14, 12, yeah, twelve to fourteen percent range. But you know, they're smaller pours as mm -hmm. well. So, right. oh, uh, so good. I justify it that way. Um, so, and then, uh, and then they had the uh, the. Porter, uh, barrel-aged porter on tap, which uh, I went to immediately afterwards because I wanted to go with something a little lighter, something a little more in the 9 to 12% range. Right, yeah. Right? I um, love it when you're classifying 9 to 12 as a little lighter. <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, that's just classic. If you ask me, that's classic. So, uh, uh, observations. Yes. First off, they got a great facility out there. Second off, the DJ slash sound guy that they hired mm -hmm. has almost an identical PA system to mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I went and chatted with him for a minute. We were, we were talking about PA systems and stuff, being geeky. Um, the next thing, uh, Tom finally came down, and we were hanging out for a second. He goes, oh, I want to introduce you to some people. So I went over, and uh, and I met uh, John Denman from Drink of Ages podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. I met uh, Val from Val and Sons uh, Brewery, which uh, we're going to set up a show there at some point in time because – he said, yes, you guys come out. We will smoke cigars on my patio and drink my beers. Okay. I love and that. I was I, like, that, that's I don't know how to say no to that. Yeah, don't, so. You have to ask me twice. I will yes. be following up with that. Yes, so yes. I, I had great, great times with those guys. Um, uh, and while I was there, we got, I got to chatting a little bit, and um, me and John were chatting. And I said, you know what? I got a show coming up where a crew's going to be out of town. Would you like to co-host the show with me? Huh? So John oh. from Drink of Ages will be the co-host on the show oh, next that's week. that's very cool. And it'll be co-host and co-host. On the show, well, that'll, be, that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about yeah. some stuff. Probably yeah. beer, cigars, and um, I'm guessing some uh, other spirits things. of sorts. But yeah, I reached out to him uh, just the other day uh, to confirm it, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm in." So, so, so these uh, these guys with the other podcast that you met, they didn't. Uh, yeah, there was also they the didn't want to uh, like uh, rough you up or anything uh, <laughs> competitively. You know? No, ever as a matter of fact, they were like, "Oh yeah, we were aware of your show and, and like the show." Um, so uh, uh, well, clearly, they've never made it to the last segment to hear drinking news. Uh, I also met uh, James from What's on Tap Radio. So those oh, were cool. yeah. those were the other guys uh, there. So it was a lot of fun. We just we hung out and had a few beers. I didn't have a lot of time, so I didn't get to stay super long. Uh, we had a birthday party for a friend of mine uh, at my house. But uh, oh. the other nice thing is, I like yeah. I, I would love to say he sent me off with some nice gifts uh, before I left there. Which uh, I, I didn't deserve that, but that was fantastic. Thank you, Tom. Um, that's uh, yeah, so, Tom. Painter those guys, from yeah. No label. If you were if you were anywhere in the area, the No Label Brewery is a blast to go to. Mm. It's a fun place. It's just it's got a great feel, nice tap room. Well, I have had a blast doing this show with you, my friend. It's um, you know we've had a lot of guests this year. Once the 
you know, the COVID thing let up just a little bit, and who knows what's happening now, but we won't get into that. But once it let up a little bit and people were, you know, cool with coming back in, we've had a lot of guests this year, so it's it's nice to every once in a while just get to do a show with the yeah. two of us and and, uh, and enjoy kind of catching up. But, uh, uh, but thank you for everything. This has been a really interesting show in terms of the tastings, a very different kind of whiskey. A very different kind of uh, double IPA, and then this uh, this really delicious uh, first beer that we had, which was the double dry hopped pale lager. It was fantastic. Uh, it was so good, and then as if all of that weren't enough, really a home run, I think, Spicy. for Anchor with their uh, with their Christmas ale. Yeah, them. the Christmas ale is fantastic. I also want to point out, uh, I get occasional notifications on my phone from the um, Facebook page. Yeah, uh, from the Smoking the Toast on Facebook page, and I just want to say thank everybody, thank you guys, and I love the fact that you're sharing my podcast and everything else. Uh, thank you guys so so much. Uh, the last time I looked at it, it said we were averaging three point three thousand views a week. Nice, that's very nice. Well, I'll Man, tell you what I else. Feel good about that. I'll tell you what else is nice is that you um, you can go to YouTube. And not only can you catch the full episodes of the show, but what Adam on the Wheels of Steel does every week is he will take segments where maybe we're talking about this Ephira Double India Pale Ale, and he'll break that down, and it'll be like four or five minutes long or six or seven, and uh, he'll pull that out individually. So if you don't have time to sit and watch the full, you know, almost two-hour video of the show, but you want to just get a little touch of what we talked about, maybe one of the cigar reviews, maybe talking about the Christmas ale or the, the whiskey, a lot of that stuff will be broken out individually. So you just have to go to Smokin' and Toastin'. And here's what I recommend. If you're on YouTube, click subscribe. Yes. Because that way you'll get all the stuff, and then you just watch the stuff you want to. You don't have to watch everything. The you just watch the stuff you want to. The subscribe, the like, and the share button. Yeah. Us worlds of good, so if mm-hmm. you don't mind. Um, and notifications, by the way, will let yeah. let us let you know when we got something new. But if you you know, if you if you're the kind of person who likes to do like say a romantic dinner and a lot of times you put on uh, uh maybe smooth jazz or something. Smooth jazz or you put on sometimes a fire on the TV because oh, it's right, nice and common. Right, of course. You know, there's another option. You could put us on there and, and put us in the With background. The perfect I romantic background. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sometimes I do that when I'm doing a romantic dinner at the house, it really creates the mood. Just uh, dim the lights good, a little good bit. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well <laughs> <laughs> For the guy, at least. Yeah. It was hard to say with a straight face. Yeah, it really is. As have been several of uh, today's uh, things. So, uh, Well, all right. So I am out next week, but Ian uh, will be here with a real with host John to co host. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, John from Drink of Ages. And uh, so that should be fun. And um, um, just, you know, just like, don't get any ideas because, you know, I'm the one that loves you. You know what I'm saying? So don't get any ideas uh, about. No, you know, no, you're you're fine. I, you know, I mean, you're like holding break, me back a little bit, but I think that we're, we're okay. Well, I just don't want you getting any ideas about breaking <laughs> off on your own and you know, uh, uh, taking on a new partner. You know, that's that wouldn't be good. <laughs> that would be trust me, fraught with problems. Let me just explain. <laughs> John may be a nice guy, but fraught with problems. Uh, no, that'll be fun. And then when we return, we got a great uh, series of shows headed into the uh, end of the year, as we're now already in December. Michael Duckworth, our good friend from Anomaly Brewing, yeah, is going to be joining us again. Uh, from True Anomaly, sorry. Um, and then on uh, the week of Christmas, the current plan, I don't think we've got all the pieces in place yet, but on the week of Christmas, the current plan is that on Thursday the 23rd, which is Christmas Eve Eve, that we will do a pipe show that day. 
That'll be our pipe mm. show for 2021. So pipe's good. I'm looking forward to the I always love the pipe shows, but I always feel so inadequate because I come out. I have a nice pipe. I come out with my nice little pipe, and Ian comes out with his I have a nice pipe. collection of nice pipes. <laughs> How many pipes do you have, anyway? Uh, off the top of my head? Yeah, yeah. If you just had to estimate. See, the key here, folks, is that he couldn't just answer that. If um, you ask me how many pipes I have, I have two, okay? Uh, I have a corn cob I, I, and I have a nice one. Like Somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 or 17. Yeah, see, so he, he couldn't answer that right away. If we're not counting corn cobs and or extra bowls for my uh, falcon right, pipes. Right, right. Because I have two falcons, but I also have like. Well, if we're not counting corn cobs. I have one, so maybe I should ask for another pipe. For but questions. I have that. See, I always count the one corn cob, the one with the church warden stem, because yeah. that's badass. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, uh, anyway, we'll be looking forward to the pipe show. The pipe show, interestingly enough, is always one of our most listened to and viewed shows every year. It's the one place where, because a lot of pipe shows happen, and they show you how to. How to uh, pack your bowl and light your pipe and all these other things. And they do great <laughs> jobs. Like There's so many great pipe shows out there. So go out, go out and watch them. Explore some. But one of the things that we do that a lot of other people don't is when I have my church warden pipe, I show you how to thoughtfully gesture with it. So it looks like you're about to say something and then you don't. So it looks like you're about to say something. But you look so incredibly thoughtful. Profound yes. importance. Yeah. And then you don't. Right. And it leaves you hanging. And that anticipation yeah. oh, is yeah. what makes it. Like right. just little things like that, how to point with a pipe to, uh-huh. to get your point across. No, you're not getting that from other. Uh, no, yeah, no. there may be other shows where aficionados of of craft beer and 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 fine spirits or cigars all work. You know, work to tell you tirelessly about their their rankings and their experiences. But do they tell you how to properly shotgun a beer? No, we do that on this show. We have, yes, we've we have, done, we have done, we've, things that we've done. We've had demonstrations of this, just <laughs> supremely and sublimely done. So anyway, Ian, thanks. It's been a, it's been a fun show this week. Thank you for uh, uh, jumping in with another co-host next week, and I will be back the week after. And uh, gosh, we're already into the holidays. There's also, so much cool yay, stuff. Yay, holiday season. Be kind to everybody. Yes, absolutely. And we'll have to do uh, more Christmas ales coming as we sample those. I don't know if whether we'll do a, a blind tasting or not. We may not have time, but we'll definitely be sampling some more Christmas ales. In fact, I already got from Legal Brewing a winter warmer that I'm saving for the next show, so uh, looking forward to that. Have a great week, my friends, and, uh, oh, I'm, I'm... I drank all my drinks, so I had to splash a little more in my can. Let me just, uh, let me just get you see, some. If I, see if I can get me some. Yeah, that Christmas ale is not with. going anywhere else. Oh, yeah, it's a, no, it's a, that's, that's almost a dead done. soldier. That's about done. A six-pack of that is in my future. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, uh, and until we meet again, uh, cheers, cheers, y'all. y'all. Show today. Nice to be able to do one just the two of us every day.